There's a famous mortal saying about opportunities. That is, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Now, let me be clear. I've never given a lemon to anyone. Ever. First of all, that's probably the worst gift someone could give. Secondly, I would have to have an actual supply of lemons to use for that. But uh, literal meaning aside, the people who made that quote actually had a point. When an opportunity shows up, you should take it. Probably. In most cases, it'd be a good idea. There would be the occasional mistake, but you could hardly be blamed for that, right? Point is, you tried. The thing you should be getting from this speech isn't like a vague sense of motivation. If you're listening close, you should instead be getting a feeling of me trying to desperately convince myself that something is a good idea. If you reach that conclusion, then congratulations. You've completed Minds of Gods 101, How to Psychoanalyze an Immortal. Yesterday, I met up with an esteemed crime lord who claims to not kill people often, and he ended up giving me his contact information, which, of course, included details such as where he lived. Considering I was supposed to currently be very careful about what I do and who I interact with, going to the apartment of a criminal probably wasn't the smartest idea. But in some freakish way, I trusted him. Maybe it was the fact I struck a deal with him, or the fact that he was Ellis's brother, even if they hated each other. Maybe it was the fact that he was hot, I won't deny that, I'm a little superficial. I don't know. It didn't matter, though, because I was already at his apartment door, getting ready to knock. So hey, I'm Noah, and I'm hoping that the shit I'm pulling right now won't end in death. Hey, open up, it's me. Come on, Cyril, not in the mood today. I need information. Hey! Quiet down, would you? You're going to wake the whole complex. You're not Cyril. And you're not the pizza delivery guy. I guess we're both disappointed. How did you get this address? New hair color, huh? Guess the purple fad left. The green suits you. Stay on topic, Suit. How'd you get the damn address? Suit? Seriously? I'm not even dressed up. It's what we call Chi workers, doofus. I'm not here on behalf of Chi, dipshit. Yeah, sure you aren't. Do I have to ask my question again, or are we gonna get somewhere with this conversation sometime this month? You're a lot more snappish than the last time we met. I haven't slept in two days, and it's nine in the morning. Fair. Okay, fine. 
I got the address from Cyril, all right? That's efficient enough? Wait, he gave you this address? Yeah. Of his own free will? I mean, we can kind of assume that. I can't even remember the last time he gave that out. Must like you or something. Yeah, I hope. Wait, you live here? Yep. He didn't tell you that? I didn't know he gave me the address till he left the bar yesterday. <laughs> Sounds like him. He likes to be dramatic. Yes, I do live here. If I didn't, I think he would have accidentally killed himself or something. Wait, what? You're looking at the only self-control that man has. You can't be serious. He- Seems threatening and cool. Acting. As I said, he likes to be dramatic. If you don't believe me, last week he almost chopped off his finger because he claimed he wanted to know what it was like. What the fuck? Yeah, such a charmer, right? That's... wow. Anyway, since he basically invited you here, I'll let you in. Don't mess with anything, though. Why? You hide your drug supply around the apartment? Nope. Just hate people fucking with my stuff. I literally just swiffered this place to be as shiny as Mr. Clean's head, and even if Cyril invited you, I didn't. Keep your grimy hands off the counter suit. And the fridge. They both take fingerprints easy. Alright. Should I take my shoes off, too? It's preferred. Jacket can go on the coat rack. I'd rather keep it on, actually. I can't imagine how long sleeves can be comfortable for you, but alright. So, uh, where is he anyway? His room. Probably with Rufus. That's his dog. Yeah, I think I remember that. I can go get him for you, if you want. That'd be, uh, great. Thanks. No problem. Make yourself at home. But not too at home. Got it. Hey, Cyril, some guy from Chi is here to see you. From the crime scene the other day- Jesus, fuck! What? Hey, doll. Fancy seeing you here. Yeah, I'm just gonna go see where the hell the pizza guy is. What I hadn't really thought of before I went to Cyril's apartment was that I'd be possibly seeing a side of him that wasn't simply a threatening gang leader. After he came into the room, however, I was quick to realize that, yeah, Nina was right. In the comfort of his own home, he looked to be the type of guy that was impulsive and would get himself injured in some wacky, inane way. He was, for one, much less, uh, calm and collected than I remember him being the last times I saw him. That wasn't too surprising, I saw some of it shine through and I tricked him into a deal, but now it seemed to be full swing because his smirk was more of a genuine smile, and it reached his eyes instead of just being... there. His fashion sense was also nothing short of special. He wore a bright pink button-up shirt with the sleeves bunched up to his elbows, tucked into what looked like galaxy print jeans. I couldn't really tell at first since he literally tackled me after bursting out of his room. 
Anyway, this new image of him was doing things to my stomach that I didn't like. It was like a switch was hit, and he went from just being hot to actually being endearing, with his stupid messed up bedhead and the weird style and his eyes, which made it actually seem like he was excited to see me. I haven't had a lot of people look at me like that. Hitting it off this quickly with someone actually sort of scared me. I was used to short affairs, nothing complicated, and I like to think I didn't get attached to people easily. Yet, here I was, fawning over some guy I had met two days ago. He wasn't making this easy for me, and it was ridiculous. After basically attacking me, he took up a position on the couch where his head was on an armrest, legs stretched on so they reached the other armrest, laying on me along the way, and effectively making it so I basically couldn't escape, even if I wanted to. Rufus sat down near him, and Cyril basically started cooing to him, and it was another thing to add to the list of things that I really, really didn't want to find cute, but did anyway. Crime lords should not be cute. It was a rule that the one in front of me seemed intent on breaking. Thankfully, Nina had already left, probably not wanting to see some random guy act like a love-struck teenager around her boss. I didn't blame her, I would have hated it too. It also helped me talk about the current happenings in a more relaxed manner. While I did trust Cyril, that didn't mean I trusted the people he worked with by default, even if they happened to live with him. I wasn't expecting such an early call. What's the occasion? Nothing special. Just wanted to know if you figured anything out. Since yesterday? Yeah? Doll, it's nine in the morning. I think there's a little more to it if you're here this early. Hmm. Something bad? Just a weird call. My interest is piqued. Weird how? Oddly specific? It was a tip about a murder directed at Sonny and I. And then my nephew called, telling me about it after it happened. And that threw you off enough to come to me Nine at- Nine o'clock in the morning, I know. If you'd let me finish, I could explain why. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, my nephew called and we headed over. Turns out the victim was a hunter and had Ellis's phone number. Apparently, he had information on an organization called Iris. Well, I don't have anything on the murder you were called about. This is my first time hearing about it, embarrassingly enough. But I do know a little about Iris. Wait, really? Yes, in fact. I've looked into them before. They don't seem to have a set goal from what I can see. It's a group made up of, I'd say, seven individuals. And how do you know that? Research. They've been disrupting what I've been doing, and obviously that pisses me off a little. So I set up a little... group to watch them. Just for safety. And do you have anything other than the possible number of members? Like, what else have they done? Or why they're called Iris? Seems a bit odd if they're trying to appear threatening. My best guess is that it's an attempt to keep someone's memory alive. Either that, or it's just a name, like mine is. Do you remember the church fire last month? The museum break-in? Maybe the mass grave robbing? That was them? But no one was killed in those. 
Actually, those were fairly passive. They avoided killing people. What do they want? What's the point? Nothing they do is connecting. Why? Noah, I know you're nervous, but I don't have all the answers. I'm only one person. Fine. That's understandable. Just... Call me if you get any information. Of course. I did agree to help, and help I will. And I think I'll also be watching you and your partners, because that call is a bit concerning. Look, you don't have to put surveillance on us. We'll be fine. I don't have to. I want to. Who knows what trouble you'd get into otherwise. Minimal trouble. I'm responsible. (laughs) Of course, of course. What else would we expect from an ex-god, after all? I heard you were going to cut off your finger just for fun. I always wanted to know what it would be like to have one less finger. It's one of those things you won't know until you try. Why would you... (sighs) Never mind. Good choice. Wouldn't want to go down the road of bringing up bad decisions from the past. I know quite a bit about yours. You've been looking into me. I like to keep tabs on former immortals. I wasn't aware you happened to be one of the elders since you changed your name, but after a little digging, it was easy to put together who you were. Oh, great. Are you going to start recording my schedule as well? Maybe my eating habits? Of course not. Just your blood type, friends, family, living situation, and what passwords you tend to use. (laughs) I'm kidding. Mostly. But don't worry, doll. I only look into what I think is important, which is mostly what you used to be able to do and which of the other godlings you were close to. So what, you have a file on me or something? Close to, close to. Mostly I memorize it. He's just shit at organizing, suit. I thought you were getting the pizza? Anyway, it's just a business thing. You know how it is. Business thing? Well, that's what this is, isn't it? You came to me with a deal, and now we're following through with it. You're an investment doll. I obviously need to keep tabs on my investments. This is just business. Just business. For now. Uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that reminds me. I had a quick question for you about... My current crisis and Cyril's statement was interrupted by Gerald, who apparently thought that calling me that early in the morning was acceptable. Which, at this point, it was, and I was extremely grateful to have an excuse to run from the scene. But usually, calling me any time before 1 o'clock was a privilege reserved for Hal, Osana, and possibly Ellis if it was something important. Other than them, that was basically illegal in my book. Gerald had no right. This was the one time I wouldn't tell him to fuck off, or that it was too early to deal with whatever bullshit he planned to tell me about. At first, actually, I had panicked and hit the decline call button, because my brain had stopped working at that point. Because of that, Cyril had cackled, literally cackled, as if it was the funniest thing he'd seen all day and my misery was delightful and he sent me out of the apartment. That allowed me to get a hold of whatever the hell was going on, and to take a moment to call Gerald back to see what he wanted. I was really hoping it wasn't another dead body. 
I'm pretty sure most people hope that calls aren't about dead bodies, but I felt I had even more of a right at this point to be worried over it. After all, I'd had to deal with two bodies in one week already. If that wasn't worrying, what was? And considering that Gerald worked at the morgue, it was a reaper thing, I was prepared for the worst. Hey, buddy. What's up? Took you long enough. I was busy, alright. Don't get your panties in a twist. No, it's been five seconds. How busy could you have been? Pretty busy. You don't know what I could have been doing. I can think of a few things, especially from things I've heard from Sonny. Bastard. Trying to vote a crime bolt isn't busy, if you were wondering. I'm not trying to- Really? Really? Do tell. Go on, tell me how you're not trying to seduce a gang leader. Please, I'd love to hear it. And about what you were doing other than that, I'm sure it was extremely important. Okay, first of all, I feel like this conversation is getting very hostile. I'm glad your observational skills are yet to be affected. Har har. Anyway, I went to him for information on the case, so ha, take that. I was busy. Well, I'm glad to see you invested in something. I still don't believe you. Typical. Why would you? It isn't like I've known you for years. Years, Gerald. I thought that some sort of trust would have developed over that time, but I guess not. Gerald, you still there, or what? Yes, yes. Sorry, just... What? Look, as much as I would love to continue arguing over this, I need you to come down to the morgue. That really doesn't clear anything up. Why do you need me down at the morgue? Is someone dead? I work with living things, you know. Yes, Noah, I know that, but... Hello. Noah, is it? Depends who's asking. You find that out when you come to the morgue. Make it snappy. We don't have all day. Hey, no. No, you do not get to make demands here. Put Gerald back on. I have to... Tell him something. I'm going to give a concussion to whoever that was. The fact about Gerald was that he never let anyone touch his stuff. Ever. Everything has a place, even if he's using it, and if you touch it, you're in for an earful. So the fact that he had shut up so readily for whoever the fuck that was, was interesting and a little concerning. Being a good friend, I made my way over. Obviously, I was also curious about who the person who thought they could hang up on me was, because that was a rude move, but mostly I was being a good, concerned friend. Unlike Gerald, who apparently couldn't even be bothered to believe me about what I was doing, even if he was partially right. When I got there, it was just uncomfortable. Gerald was sitting on the stool in the corner, flower print buttoned up askew and glasses off completely, looking like a complete mess of a man. On a regular day, he would die before he allowed himself to look even close to that state, but... Another look around the room showed me that he probably had a right to be. On the other hand, staring him down boredly was a woman who appeared outwardly young. She had dark black hair, long and pulled into two braids that hung over her shoulders, and her eyes were a purple that didn't seem like it should be natural. Her arms displayed many tiny straight scars that trailed all the way up to her neck, and 
If anything, that only helped her less than friendly image. Said image was completed by the fact that she was a witch. A powerful one at that. More powerful than I had seen in a while. The man next to her, who seemed to easily fade into the background, didn't have a soul, so some dot connecting could draw the assumption that not only was she powerful, but she could use the power she had if she wanted to. Here's the thing about witches. They have a soul, like mostly everyone else, but it's majorly extended. That's what allows them to use magic without consequence. Everyone can use magic, but the problem is that it takes up your soul, and if you do that, you die. Witches don't have that problem. They replenish if they don't do something too drastic. The problem with that is that they can't use any of their extra soul if they don't have a demon. For example, Sunny. Sunny had the makings of a pretty strong magic user, but since he hadn't bound himself to a demon, he couldn't be. Being bound to a demon means you're connected. Demon doesn't need to feed anymore, instead using the energy you have to survive. There are downsides, though. Connected means literally connected, as much as you can be. You can feel a little of their emotions, depending on how strong they are, and you can sometimes even roam around in their dream realm. When they get hurt, you get hurt. When they're happy, you feel that, so on so forth. Being bound requires trust, or you could be used. That was what I was going for, at least, when I made them. I was pretty naive back then. Since that point, things changed. The Coven came about, which was basically the witch hierarchy, and wrecked everything. How hard was it to just drop ritual sacrifices and forced bounding? Apparently very hard. They were, and continued to be, a bunch of smug, annoying assholes. Some of them can't help it, forced into it and all, but the higher-ups in it are pieces of shit. You could tell that from the fact that the new leader of the coven is chosen when a witch kills the current head in front of at least one witness. Of course, the other head doesn't see it coming, so it's basically assassination, but in a group filled with bloodthirsty apes, you can't expect much more. So I think being cautious was reasonable. The guy was dressed in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, but looking at half the gods that were still in the city, there was no reason to doubt that someone could kick your ass. And even if he couldn't, the witch probably could, and she looked ready to do it. Oh, you're here. Thank God it took you long enough. Who the hell are you? Noah, don't. And why not? They're here to help. Let them talk. Sure, here to help. I believe that. A bound witch wanting to be useful. That's real common. So how about- Maisie Anders, owner of the bookshop one of the murders occurred in. Very hot-headed, aren't you? If I were you, I'd cool myself down a little before running into things. Maisie wanted to offer up information. You know, on the case you're so invested in. Oh. Brand introduction. And that's John. He also owns the bookshop, if you were wondering about his reliability. Maisie, I think he gets it. Just making sure. How am I to know? You called me down here to help me. Yes, but if you keep this up for much longer, I'll be changing my mind. I already have. I wouldn't call your situation a change. 
you've hated this from the beginning. Obviously. I see you cared about her a lot. <laughs> no, I hated her. But murder isn't good for business, is it? We were lucky there was no blood, right, John? Would have been a bitch to clean up. For sure. And we have a lot to do that doesn't involve cleaning up blood. I also hate having the police look through my things, so the faster we solve this, the happier I'll be. Wait, wait, we? Yes, we. Did you think I was going to let you do this on your own, godling? Yeah, because it's my job. It's too bad you're shit at it. If you want the information, you're going to accept my help, or I swear I will- Alright, no need for that. Let's not do that, especially in the morgue. If anything, do it outside. I'm shit at my job? You let someone get killed in your store! Casualties aren't unheard of. It's a bookstore! Lots of people get killed over books. This wasn't over books. Do you know that? Fine. Just don't get in the way. Wasn't planning to. I'm a capable person, godling. I suggest you don't forget that. Just give me the information, Anders. As you said, we don't have all day. Gladly. Before you say it, yes, I know about the boo hag, and yes, I know about who killed the damn thing. Okay, great, and I know those too. That doesn't help me. Impatience is annoying, godling. As I was saying, I know what you know, but to my knowledge, you still aren't sure why it was there, right? What gave it away? The fact you don't seem to know anything is a good start. I will kill you and stuff your body inside one of these... these... body tins. Moving along, I'll be direct for the moment. They came for this. And what the hell is this? A drunken mistake. Ideally, a way to perform an intricate ritual. In reality, a bomb ready to be set off. This is the Depravity Stone. I created it a while ago in hopes of doing something powerful, but unfortunately... As I said, it's practically a bomb. It could possibly level the city, if not further. You're kidding. I kid on a lot of things, but not this. What's up with it? Why is it basically a bomb? And why the hell would you make something like that? The last question is better asked to me when I'm drunk. To the others, this stone, Snowflake Obsidian, if you're wondering, it has wonderful properties that help with binding spiritual energy. It currently contains the souls of 10,000 people. What? How did you even- I made it so it sucked in the souls of people that died unnaturally in the world over a course of a few days. It was apparently a very rough time for some people. Why did you think that was a good idea? I have to agree with him on this one. What the hell were you thinking? That's insane! As I said, drunken mistake. A drunken mistake that could level cities? We all have our down days. Well, you did make angels. Don't. Fine, fine, but this is a problem. 
You think? I don't see what you're panicking over. Oh, you know, just the fact that you're holding a powerful artifact that someone is trying to steal and possibly use to kill people. Exactly. They're trying to steal it, Godling. They don't have it. Calm down before you hurt yourself. You really think you can protect that thing? I've been doing it for a while. Cassidy, I'm sure you know her, the current leader of the coven, has been trying to grab it for years. She hasn't gotten it yet, and we're all still alive. So you care more about your business? Frankly, yes, I do. But since this relates to that, it's on my list of things to care about, so don't start getting defensive. We went down that road a long time ago. I'm just... I'm shocked, to say the least. Appalled, not even near most. Good to know. That's all I've got for you right now. Stay in one piece till we get more, alright? Thanks for the help, Reaper. The pleasure wasn't really mine, considering how you barged in. I never said pleasure was involved for either of us. Goodbye. Well, wasn't she pleasant? I don't think he made a very good impression, honestly. Neither did she. It's a two-way street, Gerald, and I'm not going to go down it if she doesn't. No, you really didn't try. Like, not even at the start. Not the point. Point is, now we have a crazy bound witch, her creepy demon, and the people trying to steal the doomsday artifact from them to worry about. No, you've always had that to worry about. You just know about it now. While that's true, I still hate it. This just keeps getting more difficult. Yes, yes it does. I'm proud of you, though. (laughs) Proud, huh? Of what? If anything, I'm digging a deeper hole for myself. For one, working with people, you're actually working as a team with others. It's a separate from your usual attitude. I was straight up surprised when Sonny started talking about you like you'd opened up to him a bit. Then just everything else. You're working in this case. You're trying to help people. You're actually concerned about how Anders is to care about her employee. It's progress. Progress? This is basically regression at this point. It's not bad to soften back up, Noah. Yeah? Really? Because it feels awful. I tried to not care, Gerald. I still try not to care, but now it isn't working, because let's face it, either way I'm fucked. At the rate I'm going, I'll be dead in a few years. By some miracle I break the curse, then I'll outlive everyone I know. There's no winning, so what's the point? Why should I still care? Either I hurt the people I know, or I hurt myself. Where's the good in that? The point is living while you can. You're doing a great job so far. Try not to mess it up too much. I need to get back to work. But I meant what I said, Noah. You can't only have me and random people you meet in bars. Your cat can't be the only source of social interaction. Helen and Senna are worried about you. They told me about it. Try to make this work for them, alright? I can't promise anything. You can promise to try. At least say that. Sure. Okay. And be careful. (laughs) What, no quip to that? Not in the mood. You ruined that. (laughs) Right, sorry. You going to be alright walking home? Should be. Then I'll leave you to it. Good luck or whatever else you plan on doing today. Yeah.
Thanks. Good luck with the bodies. I hate when people are able to read me. Ellis was able to pin down my humor like no big deal, and Gerald tossed around my emotional issues like a basketball. It was embarrassing. I was thankful that I at least trusted the guy with this sort of thing, but talking about it was just difficult. See, uh, that's my other issue with teams. Not only am I a god, I'm also just pathetic. Teams mean you have to connect with people, and connecting with people isn't something that I should be allowed to do. I was dying. I was dying, and I didn't want people involved with that. I'd forgotten myself for a bit with Sunny, actually allowing myself to get attached. But I shouldn't have. It wasn't that I didn't accept I was a dead man walking. I did accept that, fully. I had accepted that for a while. While Callie continued to cling to insane ideas, I already knew there was no way to get a curse out. Not one like this. I can't even see where curses connect to the soul, and that indicated a sort of permanence that you wouldn't believe. So yeah, I knew I was dying. That was alright, but the people I would be affecting when I died is what got to me. Now, I'm not saying I'm someone worth crying over, I'm not, but the chance that it could get to that point scared me. In short, Sunny scared me. Irene scared me, Cyril scared me, Nina scared me, they all did. Sunny and Irene scared me because they were accepting. Nina scared me because she was interesting, and she seemed like the type of person I could just get used to without realizing. And Cyril? Cyril scared me as much as the rest of them, if not more. I liked him. It wasn't something big, I wasn't head over heels for him, but the fact that it could get to that point was terrifying. Because if I did, I was pretty sure nothing good would come of it. Gerald wanted me to live in the moment, but it was hard to ignore the looming problems ahead. I made a promise, though, and as much as I hated it, I was going to try to keep it at least a little, even if I knew it was dumb. It was the least I could do for the guy. After heading out, I decided to head to a bar, because that's generally what I do when I'm distressed. Alcohol isn't a solution for some people, and they've been sure to tell me that, but it works for me, so I haven't really thought to stop. If I was human, maybe I'd learn not to, save my liver or whatever the hell alcohol kills other than brain cells. But I wasn't human, and life was short, so what did I have to lose? If Gerald wanted me to live in the moment, that was exactly what I was going to do.